Hi, I'm Rob Vanstone, and welcome to a, a special edition of the Rider Rumblings uh, podcast. Uh, as always, I'm accompanied by uh, my worthy constituent, Dr. Maria McCormick, and we have a, a special guest this week. Uh, Saskatchewan Rough Riders President and CEO Craig Reynolds is uh, with us, and uh, we are especially appreciative of your time, considering that you're also the co-chair of the Grey Cup Festival, uh, a subject that will... Uh, devour most of our time today. So thanks for making some time, especially uh, uh, at a time such as this, Craig. No, absolutely. Ha- happy to do it, guys. Uh, I'll just start off with a, we'll hit you with a few uh, football-related questions or Rough Rider-related questions and then segue into uh, the festival. Um, one question I am getting a lot from people, uh, and maybe it, it was, I was remiss in not asking it last week when you talked to the media, was where's the bar set for next year? What has to happen for contracts to be extended beyond of Craig Dickens of Craig Dickinson of Jeremy O'Day to be extended beyond 2023. Are we talking a home playoff game? Is there a certain benchmark that needs to be uh, reached in your appraisal, Craig? Yeah, it's, it's really hard to, hard to say. Obviously we need to have marked improvement on, on, on the field is, is one way to describe it. And I think I mentioned it la- last week, you know, we do set goals here and, and one of those goals is, is to host home playoff games. And, and that's done because, you know, hosting a home playoff game, you know, as we saw this weekend during the, both the West semifinal and the East semifinals, it positions you quite well to, to be, um, to be uh, move on in the playoffs and eventually play in the Great Cup game, so so that's one of the organizational goals. But but it's not fair to sort of say that that is you know the trigger point and 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 or there there is a trigger point. What I think we need to see is we need to see marked improvement on, on the field. We need to see winning winning football on, on the field. Um, ultimately, we need to you know we, we want to make the playoffs and we want to we want to make make some noise in the playoffs. We want to get back to sort of the winning ways we we've really had since twenty twenty. 2016 and 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 even how we started off off last season you know starting the season off four and one it was you know things started to spiral a little bit and and um and we couldn't couldn't get back to to winning football and and that's really what we need to return to next year hi craig Mer. thanks again for doing this i kind of like being on the road covering a playoff game though a little more than sitting watching it on my couch anyway craig what what i have my notes here what message do you feel was sent when so many fans stayed away from the final regular season home game? Was there a message there? I, you know, I think there was a little bit, Murray, and we sort of saw it in the last two games, and I, and I think it was a message of, of disappointment. Um, you know, I think there was a lot of expectations um, that we had here, and, and expectations are, are really good. Um, we want those high expectations. We had high expectations, and we we didn't meet those this this year. Um, we um, you know we started to like I said um, you know the season got a, away from us. Uh, we weren't playing winning football. We weren't even playing really exciting football in terms of in terms of uh, scoring and offense and those types of things. So so yeah, I think there was some frustration uh, shown shown by 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 some some fans. We have, we have outstanding fans. We have they have so much passion. They love this this team. They they love the league. But, you know, there was frustration um, when you're on a, that type of a losing streak and, and losing games at home. You know, we, we talk here about how important it is to, to win home games. And that was one of the things I was most disappointed. And I know the entire organization was most disappointed with this year was we were losing home games. Um, and we have a competitive advantage at, at home with, a, with, our, with, our, with our crowd. And, and, um, and we weren't sort of utilizing it, I guess, if you will. And, and we just didn't have... Um, the, the level of success toward the tail end of the season that we saw at the beginning of the season. So, so yeah, I think, I think there was a little bit of frustration uh, being shown. 
Craig, much has been made of the contractual situations regarding Jeremy and of, of Craig Dickinson. What about yourself? Where does that stand as far as how much the duration remaining on your contract? Yeah, so I, I have an employment agreement uh, with, with the club. So obviously the board's uh, sole employee is, is the president CEO. And so there's there's evaluation um, you know, criteria that, that I'm subject to, to as well. So um, there's not a sort of, a, it's, it's a different sort of structure than a, than a termed length. There's, there's obviously the more traditional employment agreement that, that you would you would see um, in terms of my, my situation as president and CEO. Mer? Well, okay, let's jump into the Great Cup. What what impact of not having the riders even in the playoffs for this great uh, for the Great Cup has had on the Great Cup festival in this week? Yeah, you know, I think what we had to do is is battle through a little little frustration early on, I, I would say. And I think that was just how this, how the season uh, was sort of en- ending and, and sort of the, the losing streak streak. I think there was a little bit of frustration that's, that's, that, that was built um, uh, amongst our fan base. We talked about that a little bit earlier. And so for, uh, for us, uh, you know, we wanted to kind of turn the page on, on 2022 and, and, and obviously from a football perspective, we need to, to turn the page and, and focus in on 2023, but um, you know, the great cup festival, uh, you've, in at once and and the reality is as much as we really want that to happen it, it doesn't happen all that all that often and and um you know we we certainly wanted that as an expectation and that that was our expectation to put ourselves in a position to play that but um you know since 2013 it happened last year in, in hamilton but it hadn't happened uh, prior to that so you know saskatchewan um you know embraces um uh, big events embraces big events like the Great Cup Festival. They don't come along all, all that often. And you know what we felt over the last couple of weeks is there, there's a, a bit of growing momentum. You know, you want to get excited about the Great Cup Festival. Um, I've been at these volunteer orientation sessions, and we've had over a thousand volunteers come through that in this horrendous weather we're all dealing with in Saskatchewan. And there's 200 people at, at at this event in the middle of a blizzard. And man, are they excited about welcoming people here. And so I think as we get closer to the event, as pageantry starts to uh, get up, as teams are finalized, and as everybody starts to plan their week, I think we're going to see some really positive uh, momentum and, and excitement because these, these types of events are special and they don't come along very often. Craig, you mentioned volunteers. I think the number I saw cited a while back was 1,200 as far as an ideal number. You just said that there's 1,000 plus. Are you pretty much where you need to be there or uh, can people still sign up? Yeah, no, we, we are where we need to be. Uh, right now, they're into sh- shift scheduling. Uh, you know, we're at that point now where we, we are we are scheduling the, the volunteer shifts. They are so committed. They're, they're so excited. It's just the energy in that room the last few days has just been outstanding. Um, so we're right where we need to be. And, you know, I'm often asked, well, what, what makes Saskatchewan Great Cup special? And I think the volunteers, you know, our fans are, are the first thing that comes to mind, but our volunteers are, are quick to follow because, man, they're excited about about uh, welcoming everybody and, and showing, uh, you know, Saskatchewan hospitality to, to the nation. Well, I watched the BC Lions game on the weekend and got excited watching Nathan work. I know it's another step, but what do you think the reaction would be if Nathan work was here for a Great Cup? You know, I was asked about that the other day, and I and I think from a height perspective, um, I don't, I don't, um, that would be outstanding. You know, I think he is an exciting player to watch. Um, he's 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 generational in some in some some respects. 
Uh, the fact he's Canadian is, is certainly a bonus. And there's a lot of excitement around him and, and that Lions team. So I think from a hype perspective, from a, a attention perspective, a media attention perspective, I think um, having having the Lions in there would would certainly certainly add to that. Um, but, you know, all four teams re- remain are intriguing storylines. Um, but certainly Nathan is a. Uh, is special and, and they've got some special things going on in, in BC. Right Having now. the Winnipeg Blue Bombers in your dressing room, if it comes to that, would that take maybe not a year or two off your life, but maybe 10 or 15 minutes? <laughs> oh, it's funny. Yes. Yes. You know, it is, it is tough. Uh, you know, there's so many reasons you want to be in that game. And, and as you guys know, we have an outstanding dressing room. We're, we're really lucky here in Saskatchewan and, and one of the reasons you want to be in that game is you don't want anybody else from the West and, and the Bombers certainly, but you know, really anybody from the West division, you don't want to be in your, in your locker room. And, and, uh, and so, so yeah, that's, that's, that's one of the reasons every team wants to, wants to be in, in their home game is because you don't want to give up your, your, your locker room. Unfortunately this year, we're going to have to, and uh, one of BC or Winnipeg are, are going to be in that, that, that amazing, amazing locker room. Uh, Craig, I guess Zach Kalaros could reclaim his old stall anyway. Mur, <laughs> Craig, you've been involved in the Grey Cup this festival for so long now. What part excites you and intrigues you the most about the festival, other than the game? We know the game's pretty darn important, but what about the periphery and stuff? Yeah, I'm excited just on the game. I'm excited to showcase the stadium. I think, you know, this stadium looks so good on television. It looks so great in, in person and, and to have sort of a halftime stage and, and activity that they're going to they're gonna have. In a, in a in a great cup game i'm really really excited about that but you're, you're right murray like we've been playing this festival for, for over four years so we started with the bid process in august of 20, 2018 um put together what we felt was a pretty strong bid that ultimately was successful and we all know what happened with COVID. but you know a lot of what we have in our bid document is is has kind of gone through and is, is key key parts of the festival so i'm really excited about some of the new and unique things that we're doing this festival so i talk a lot about the esports tournament but i'm really excited to see that I, I i'm just really intrigued by by that um you know it's gonna be the brand center which i think will look really cool the level of interest that we've had internationally in the esports community around this tournament has been tremendous it's great you know it's exceeded our expectations um you know tenfold we've got world players from the uk players from japan players from the dominican republic lots lots from the states one of the guys from florida i guess called and said does he need to play with gloves because he heard it's, it's cold <laughs> so we said no you'll be you'll be fine you'll be fine to play play without gloves so i'm excited about that uh, we've got a digital zone where we're really you know got some really cool tech that i think um you know, um, uh, hopefully, youth youth will take in. Obviously, the family friendly events I'm really excited about as well. And then, and then again, some new new things. Go is really really cool. So you have, I believe, it's 300 drones up in the up in the sky doing this this really cool show to end end the the each night on on the festival uh, side of things. So biggest drone show ever in, ever in Canada. So I'm really excited to sort of see those things and and uh, watch our fans sort of experience some of these some of these new things. You know, we know Riderville will be exciting, and the team party passes are always or the team party rooms are always exciting, but uh, some of these new events I'm, I'm looking forward to, to see on the football. I'm looking forward to Craig, I'm curious about the resale market. Sorry, Mark. Just I'm looking forward to the drones. As a guy who loves fireworks, I think it's another step up from fireworks. So I think it's going to be pretty darn cool. Yeah, it's going to be really cool because it's sort of set to a, it tells a story, whereas fireworks are really cool because obviously you get, you get the, the visual part of it, but the drone show, the ability to tell a, 
a, a moving active story is going to be really, really cool. I'm looking forward to that. Murray and I have been droning on for years, so I don't think it's necessarily <laughs> entirely novel. Um, what's the resale market been like the last few weeks with the, uh, with the Rough Riders now being out of the picture? Have you noticed a lot of tickets kind of changing hands or what's uh, how is that trending? Yeah, it's been it's been active, um, and I think you, you mentioned it. Obviously, after we were out of the playoffs, uh, some some fans would have would have sort of seen. And it's a sold out event, so you see that a lot. You you see in sold out events, people put their tickets up to sort of see uh, what the market looks like. The reality is the the market is um, above face uh, value right right now. Um, so the the you know there, there's not discounting or anything like like that, and we don't think there will be. Um, you know, all the team remaining teams. Here, um, like I said, have intriguing storylines, have, have fan bases that are going to be excited to, to be here. And I know, I know, Ryder fans, uh, when it gets close to the Sunday and and uh, when matchups are set, are going to be excited about being in the stadium as, as, as well. Whether that's even cheering against whoever is, is playing, <laughs> um, you know, like I said, it's pretty special, and it's we're, we're very very lucky here to have the stadium we do. Um, and the first Great Cup here is really really special, and I think the stadium's going to. Um, represent the province very very i hate well. to bring up my age again but there's no great cup parade and a lot of us have grown up with the great cup parade. and when we remember the 13 great cup parade probably the coldest day of the year why isn't there a great cup parade yeah i think a couple things you, you hit on one of them is uh the you know not knowing what what the weather was going to be like um we we noticed that in 13 it, it was it was well attended but it was really really cold and um, it was, yeah, it was really, really cold. So, you know, we, we haven't had a, a parade. We've got, you know, in terms of scale, these are the, it's the biggest great cup that's, that's ever been put on in terms of the, the number of events. But a parade was something that we just, we just substituted some other things um, for it. Um, you know, in, in terms of uh, something that sort of is parade-like is we've got our Highway 11 Cup run where we're actually taking the great cup from Saskatoon where the, all the events are kicking off and, and making that journey that so many rider fans do on game day down high. Highway Highway 11. Uh, we're stopping at the the the, the treaty uh, handover between Treaty 4 and Treaty 6, and recognizing that uh, we're driving through um, some towns on the way on the way down here, Davidson and and um, Lumsden, I believe, and, and driving by some schools. So that will be parade like. It's just not going to be um, you know in, in in Regina this time. No foam lake. <laughs> no, it's a little bit out of the way. I was advocating, but I, then I looked at the map and I'm like, no, that's that's going to add four hours to the and the great cup will get here Wednesday at midnight, and that's not going to work. <laughs> the uh, as far as you know, compared to a year ago, when I mean, it was sort of a normal season, except it was 14 games. There was so much COVID, so many COVID precautions, etc., and so many so much hesitancy. Uh, how do you think this Grey Cup will dip, differ from last year's in, in terms of just what can be done with the festival now that COVID is still part of our lives, but it isn't hovering over everything the way it was a year ago? That's what we're really excited about is just having a, a full Grey Cup festival. We actually, this is like I, I referenced before, this is essentially the Grey Cup festival that we that we did. Um, there were some small alterations, but a lot of them weren't necessarily COVID related. Um, they were there were some other reasons why we altered altered some things. So that we're really looking forward to that because you know I, I I felt when I was in Hamilton last year for the Grey Cup, I, I felt the energy. You you're reminded of the energy of a Grey Cup. You know after we lost the 2020 season, you know to be back in there and feeling that energy. But it was really scaled down for for good reasons. Uh, we were right before the Omicron um, variant and 
and lots of sort of still concern with COVID. And of course, you know, we're still in that environment, but it's really nice to be able to have the scale and scope that, that we're having here, the family-friendly events that, that we're hosting, the, the outdoor street fest, the indoor mosaic village. Like we're able to really activate the entire uh, footprint um, and have a, a more traditional Grey Cup festival. And in fact, one that's, that's bigger than, than we delivered in, in 13. Craig, we know everything we've gone through since 2019 with COVID and stuff. How important is the Great Cup Festival and game to the league's bottom line and to the riders' bottom line? It's important. Um, you know, it's it's our biggest uh, signature event as, as a league. Um, and, um, you know, obviously it drives, drives interest and those types of things, but it also drives drives financial results as, as well. And, and from a club perspective, we were able to, to weather through through COVID, but not not without you know some some hits and some and some challenges, and we're still rebuilding the organization a, a, a little bit. Uh, we were uh, had to manage you know through 2020 through 2021, and even into 2022, we, we just weren't at at where we were prior prior to COVID. So this this will really help the club um, from a financial perspective to kind of get back to to where we were um, financially, and and then be able to reinvest um, and. Re- reinvest back into the club, back into our fans and, and do some of the things that we just weren't able to do the last couple of years, whether that's community at the, you know, community things, whether that's, you know, you know, I'm really proud of our game day experience uh, this year, but we always wanted to get better. And so some of that, you know, you need, you need a, you know, a, a healthy balance sheet to be able to do. And, and this will really, really help us get back to, to that level. If I may segue for a bit, for a second, just back to football, sort of, Piggybacking on what you said about the uh, the finances as a result of the Grey Cup, how do you think the team made it through 2022 as far as crowds, et cetera, and how might that affect the bottom line as well as the Grey Cup? Yeah, so, you know, our crowds were were lower than, than you know, pre-pandemic le- levels, levels clearly. Uh, we had an outstanding crowd on, on Labor Day. That was actually... And that's interesting what we're seeing in this post-COVID environment where, where large events uh, tend to drive attendance. Um, and so when an event is perceived to be large, like, like the Great Cup, you tend to see see people get excited and, and, and attend those events. And we saw it at, at um, Labor Day this year. It was actually the second most pe- people physically in that stadium after Labor Day of 2017, the year it opened. So we had tremendous people actually in, in a number of people in, in the stadium. You know, we, we were hit with a, f- a few things this year, I think that all sort of added up to some attendance issues. Obviously we talked about the, I think in the later later stages, we saw some team performance uh, impacts and certainly in the last two to three games, uh, we, we, we saw that. Uh, early, on, early on, some of the scheduling things, I think really, really impacted our fans. We had four home games in five weekends in July. And that's really hard when you your fan base is 50% outside of uh, the city limits of, of Regina. So you're asking a lot of your fans to come back four weekends out of five in the, in the summer months, and we all know how short summer summer is. So what we what we found was was fans picked picked and chose what, what games they, they would they would attend versus if those games are more spread out, they, they might be more apt to, to attend more. And then I think you know the economic factors that we're all facing had a had a big part to, to play in things, uh, whether that's the and are still to a certain extent, and then um, the interest rate environment that, that we're seeing and, and people's mortgages, you know, costing more of those types of things. The first thing to be cut is discretionary spend, and, and we know that. So so there was a number of, of sort of factors all adding up to things, but 
having said all that, I was really, really happy given all those factors that uh, with the, the year we, that we had, it was a, it was a strong financial year um, overall. And, um, and we had really good, you know, the folks that came to the stadium, uh, you know, really good per caps. They were buying merchandise. Um, they were, they were spending money on concessions, concessions, pardon me. So it was a really good year that, that way. And, and of course, you know, coming on COVID, as I mentioned before, we're, we're still managing the organization differently as from an expense perspective. So overall, our finances were really, really good this year. And they'll be added to, or, or supplemented, if you will, from a, from a successful great cup. Craig, one of the questions I get because I have daughters and stuff is they wonder, is the schedule going to be out in December again? And I know it's probably your first schedule question, but it might be the hottest question in the league. And they wonder, people appreciate it. Is there a plan to have the schedule released earlier again? Yeah, there is a plan. So it's our goal to, to get that schedule out pre, pre-Christmas um, and all the sort of scheduling constraints, uh, if you say, if you want to say it that way, are, are into the league office. And I know they're working on their, their first draft. It usually takes a couple drafts um, and some things change. But once you get that first draft, it tends to move quite kind of quickly um, to, get a, to, to get a schedule finalized. So we haven't seen a first draft of it yet. But uh, the intention and the hope is to get it done, um, you know, in that mid-December time frame like we did last year. Big change. In the Craig, in 95, there was the, uh, the huddle up in Saskatchewan theme and the homestay program was so crucial to even making that doable in 95. We don't hear much about that anymore. Is the hotel capacity increased or Airbnbs or what have you increased to the point where that's not required anymore? Or how has that evolved? Yeah, we and we didn't have that in 13, if you remember. So so you're you're bang on, Rob. There's a couple things. The hotel capacity has increased. I believe there's a thousand uh, more rooms in in in, in the city uh, than there were in 2013. So that's that's improved. That situation is improved. And then you, you hit the other one, which is Airbnb, VRBO. Those types of things are are just so much more prevalent nowadays. And so. Folks are able to, to rent out their houses and, and, and sort of handle that sort of within within the confines of, of those 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 apps and those those companies. So so those, that's generally how um, how things have progressed that way. And and thankfully, you know, we've got additional hotel capacity and then and then those other options. Great. Take us a little bit behind the process. I remember different ways Grey Cups were awarded. Now we know Hamilton has it next year. BC has it 2024. It seems like it's a more professional, more opportunity to be, not like the, the three years you guys had to prepare for, for Great Cup, but it appears to be a better system now, isn't it, right now, for the way, compared to the old days of awarding Great Cups? Yeah, it's a good good question and observation, Murray, because it is. It's it's so much uh, more well well done, and, 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 and I was actually lucky enough to be on the, the bid selection committee for um, this 2024 one, which is ultimately awarded to, to BC. So I saw that firsthand, and ultimately what, what – what they do is they have the most recent hosts who obviously understand the scale and scope and what's required um, to be on the, on the selection committee. And we ultimately make a recommendation to the, to the board of governors. So I saw it firsthand and you see the level of effort that, and we went through it in 2018, uh, the level of effort to get it, to get a bid in. You really have to define your, your schedule. You have to, you have to look at ticket pricing and those types of things. You have to deliver a marketing plan. You have to um, really get some government funding and, and sources of, 
of support, letters of support, those types of things sort of solidified or, or in your, in your bid package. And then, and then you ultimately you have to pitch it. You have to sort of talk about why your great cup is going to be special and, and what's going to be unique about it and how you're going to continue to raise the bar. And I think through that, we, we're going to see that we're going to see the bar continue to be raised. Cause I know even some things that were new in our festival made their way into some of those other, other bids. And that's what we wanted to, to do when we bid, we sort of said, we think this could be a unique thing that could be part of great cup festivals. Uh, in the future. And to see that actually was a proud moment for us because we saw a little bit of, of uh, Saskatchewan flavor sort of make its way. And, and we built on some things in Calgary. Um, they did a, a successful business summit and we sort of added that to our bid. We liked that. And so that's that's how we think we, we can grow the, the Great Cup as a, as a brand, as an entity, and as an event, as you just continue to, to raise the bar and continue to build on what's been successful. And then you, you obviously need a local flavor and and, you know, we, we certainly added that and with the Saskatchewan, the provincial nature and the Highway 11 Cup run and some of those things that you'd only do in Saskatchewan. Um, so so it's a really good process. It really is. Craig, you did not mislead the media. It was not the Wiggles. It's the halftime show. Um, <laughs> it's uh, not. <laughs> the country all-stars. What is the... Uh... What has the feedback been now that the announcements finally come out? Yeah, you know, I think it's I, I, I think the disappointment was in the timing of it of it, Rob. You know one of the media availabilities there's a number of reasons that that, that happened in just the state of music and, and and live performing nowadays it's it's just post-covid like we're all sort of seeing this this entertainment world there's just lots of change and lots of um just different nuances that are impacting things so i think there was some disappointment with not announcing it soon enough um and you know what halftime shows are, are really really interesting because you can't please everybody. So I know we've heard from lots of country fans who are really excited about it. And then we've heard uh, from, from others who are like, you know, it doesn't, doesn't necessarily appeal to them. But, you know, what I do know is country artists put on a great show. Um, to have three of them is going to be pretty, pretty exciting. They're going to play off each other and those types of things. And I know from scaffolding, I'm looking at it right now, the scaffolding is starting to come up for the stage design, it's going to be a big show. Uh, Great Cup halftime shows are always big and country artists put on a put on a good show. They're always high energy. Um, and so I'm looking forward to it. Craig, what are the people going to see at Mosaic Stadium that may be different from a regular season game? Would just quickly, as a way to sum that up? Yeah, I think, well, you're going to see a, a, a pretty impressive stage um, and a pretty impressive uh, halftime uh, performance. You're going to see some warming tents that you wouldn't normally see. Uh, we're going to expand the fence line uh, south of the Maxtron. Um, so you're going to see, see that. I think you're going to see our, our all the technology things from our stadium that we really like and can use, like our, our, our instant on, instant off LED lighting. I think you're going to see, see, see that um, in full effect. Um, and I think you're going to sort of see sort of the, the pageantry and everything that uh, that comes along with with a great cup so the stadium's going to look and feel a little bit different because it is a great cup great great cup game and so i think it's just going to feel uh you're going to feel the the magnitude of, of the event that that somebody's going to going to win win the great cup uh, uh, at mosaic stadium as a guy who was involved from the very beginning of mosaic stadium you're kind of like a proud parent to say this is you can go my child be the star of the show? <laughs> uh, a little bit. You know, obviously, super proud of, of, of the, 
the effort that the entire team put into Mosaic Stadium, and that's that's a city, uh, you know, it was a city-led project, and, and tons of people put in a ton of effort there, and I know they're e- equally proud, and obviously the province played a, a big role in it, it as well. So I think collectively as a province, uh, we're very, very proud of this, and it was a big part of our bid. Um, you know, I think our, our theme of our bid was we're ready, and um, and that theme was, you know, we're ready to to host and show off this this stadium um, because we do think it's spectacular and we do think we're very very lucky to have it um, and um, and we do think it'll show extremely well and I know talking from some of the television folks from TSN they just rave about how this stadium looks and feels and how it looks on television um, and and the amenities uh, you know, you know you guys get to see it just just like I do is sort of the back of house amenities the ability to com- accommodate the media and, and broadcast it's just it's second to none. So we're really, really proud collectively of it. And, and yeah, I'm looking forward to having, you know, there's a number of people that, um, you know, a large number of people that are going to be there and they're going to be in Mosaic Stadium for the first time. And I think it reflects well on the province and in the organization and everybody to when you have this type of world-class facility and you're going to get people from wherever they, they're coming from, whether it's BC, Winnipeg, Montreal or Toronto, they're going to be here and they're going to be impressed, I think, with the, the type of stadium we, we have here. Um, and, and it's just shows how much football means to Saskatchewan that you have um, the market size we do and then the, the quality of, of venue that we have here. And two weeks from today, you can finally put your feet up for 15 minutes before <laughs> everything else uh, takes over again. Yeah, it's not so. going to be long because we've got a lot of work to do. Uh, we got a lot of work to do to to get uh, focused in on 2023. It will be nice to have the Grey Cup behind us, as excited as I am. It's it's a ton of work. And I think, um, you know, and it's not just our organization. I, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention our hundreds of volunteers. I mentioned sort of the volunteers in terms of that are going to be working week up, but we've had over 100 planning volunteers that have poured their heart and soul into this event for four years, almost four years. We sort of started forming them in February of 2019. They didn't, even, they didn't really pause during COVID. They just kind of took a little bit of a break, but they kept planning and they kept working. And, and those folks have volunteered just countless hours. And so they deserve uh, to put their, their feet up. Uh, we'll get back to work here on uh, 2023 football season and, and engaging with our fans. Well, Craig, we sure appreciate you volunteering your uh, time uh, with us today. A, a half hour, at a, like I said earlier, a really crazy time. It's so uh, kind of you to do this. Uh, no, my pleasure and appreciate um, appreciate the opportunity. Uh, we're really excited to host everybody here um, at Mosaic and at Real District for the 109th Great Cup Festival, and we're excited to do so. If you can bear with me for a sec, I just have to read this or I will be dismissed. If you enjoy the podcast, please leave a review and a five-star rating. It helps us grow the podcast. You can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you'd like to send us a question, you can email me at rvanstone at postmedia.com and we'll read it on the show, I promise you. You can follow me on Twitter at, at Rob Vanstone or Murray at Marie LP. Uh, Craig, are you, are you on Twitter? <laughs> I try to avoid Twitter nowadays. Good idea. <laughs> we knew you were a smart person. <laughs> You're eight bucks to get verified. That's a- yeah, maybe I'll do that down the road. <laughs> it's a validation I've been needing all my life. For um, uh, Craig Reynolds, thank you again for uh, joining us. Uh, it's It's been great to have you with us. Uh, for Murray McCormick, uh, it's also been wonderful, Murray, to share this time with you again. I'm Rob Vanstone, and we will do this again next week. It's going to be crazy. Thanks so much for your time.